0: According to the New York Times, many people utilize food banks for the first time during the COVID-19 pandemic. Food bank distribution was approximately 50% higher in 2020 compared with 2019. Hello and welcome to COVID Conversations, an introspective of the impact on nonprofits. My name is Leah. In today's episode, we'll learn more about two nonprofit organizations in Nevada, the Just One Project and the City Impact Center. The Just One Project began in 2014 with a mission to mobilize volunteers to build a stronger and healthier community in Southern Nevada. The organization connects hundreds of people to volunteer opportunities each month. The Just One Project has been one of the fastest growing nonprofits in our area. I had a conversation with Cynthia Lewis to learn more about how COVID-19 has impacted this organization. Cynthia and I talked about how the nonprofit started. We
1: basically started out of the and we would just call friends and kind of organize different things for them to get involved in. And we served out of the backs of our, of our cars. And we used um, the TPC Summerlin a lot as, like, a hub. So we would just plan our, you know, our events through, you know, at Starbucks or at our kitchen tables. We would just get together and, you know, and kind of make it happen. So we were serving this one area of town uh, for a while. It's called the Ganner. It's done on Boulder Highway. So we would just kind of do the, we would just kind of show up and host these little events. And we kind of coined the phrase pop-up because we just kind of popped up into that neighborhood. So we popped up monthly into that neighborhood for about nine to ten months. And she loves social media and videos and pictures. And so she's always reporting. And one of her videos went viral. And Del Monte somehow caught, caught wind of the video. And um, we got a call. And they said, hey, we've got 25,000 pounds of fresh produce. Would you be interested in it? We were like, absolutely. And so they're like, okay, well, it's in California, and you have to get it by tomorrow. So we called up some friends in the trucking industry, and we had a friend that said, no problem, I got this. So he brought, he was able to bring me fruit here, and we went back to SportsCenter, and we were serving it. And it was absolutely incredible to watch all these kiddos, you know, having mangoes and kiwis for the first time in their lives, because these are just, you know... That, that aren't very common in low-cost, um, you know, superfoods. and they're kind of pricey. And so, again, with the videos, um, we saw that video, and I guess because technically now that I, you know, I know the terminology, that was for, uh, food distribution. So they saw what we were doing, and they wanted to come and chat, so we sat down with them, and we then saw the need for direct access to food. So Las Vegas is known as a food desert, they've got a ton of zip codes um, you know, that, are, that are a food desert and that just means that in that area there are no like grocery stores. So there might be a Dollar General, you might see a Seven Eleven, but there are no real grocery stores. You know, back in the day they had certain malls, that had huge, you know, Albertsons and all that, but as the economy has gone down, they, you know, they've moved out. And so... The food insecurity rate here in Las Vegas is pretty high, and especially for seniors and for children. And so we kind of saw that and decided organically that that's what we wanted to do to step up for our community. And so naturally, we um, we have grown to be three quarters largest agency partner uh, with what we are doing. So our first grant, we got a a brick and mortar on Western and Oaky and opened our doors and that was for serving seniors, because nobody was doing that. Now, seniors um, are 10th in the nation for food insecurity here in uh, Nevada. So we opened up our food pantry, and we just wanted to serve with dignity and respect. That's kind of like our big thing. So that's what we started doing. And then we created our pop-up program. So our pop-up program is where we go directly into communities and it's like a mobile market. So we go up, and we are partnered with CPSC Schools. So currently we have 12 locations, they're all on school campuses across the valley, one Saturday a month, it's the third Saturday of every month, we get together and it's three hours, uh, like this past Saturday for example, three hours, with about 350 volunteers, we served over 17,000 pounds of food. Like the mission of our organization isn't food or whatever, the mission of our organization is to connect people with volunteer opportunities. So just kind of spitting it back to how, you know, we kind of got started, we knew that people wanted to help and make their community better, but they needed, you know, a place to go to help. So we created our marketplace and our pop-up events at schools as places where people can come to volunteer, and then it just happens that they're distributing food because um, our food insecurity security issue here in Las Vegas.
0: Cynthia and I talked about how COVID-19 has affected the operation. So with the, with the onset of COVID, uh, we were just moving locations.
1: So we were from our first lo- location and to another. We had plans to make a super cute community market for our seniors. They can come in and go shopping. Um, that was halted because we couldn't have anyone coming in. Um, so we were able to do that aspect of it. But luckily, our new building has this huge parking lot in the back, so we were able to shift gears and do drive-up service. So our clients were able to call, schedule their appointment, they pull forward, and they get loaded up um, with fresh groceries by our volunteers. Again, with COVID uh, came the Cures Grant. So where a lot of other businesses uh, had to shut down, we actually um, were essential. So we were able to continue working, but not only that, we kicked major booty. So with COVID, uh, our food insecurity rate jumped, I mean, basically overnight by 7.8%. And so we got a CARES grant and we were able to employ 36 additional staff members uh, for the last quarter of 2020. So that was October, November, December. Um, And we were able to serve, um, we served 5.5 million pounds of food last year. We got, we got 16 vans and we had these deliveries going out and then we started a home delivery program for our seniors because we wanted to keep them safe. That's still ongoing. We will always have our senior delivery program because our, you know, there's a lot of seniors who can't come down to us to get the groceries, so we're bringing it to them. So whether they're med- medically fragile or they just don't drive anymore or you know, we want to keep them in because of COVID, uh, we deliver to them. So we totally ramped up. What we have been doing because of COVID, we definitely got you know it's kind of like our time to shine and to show exactly what we can do.
0: We discussed how COVID nineteen has shifted the operating model.
1: So actually, during COVID, uh, um, instead of normally we have our twelve locations, we were able to have twenty different locations in the last quarter of last year.
0: Cynthia spoke about the impact felt here in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, I mean, Las Vegas is huge. And, you know, the entertainment industry, the restaurants, all that. And with them being closed for so long, a lot of our people need our help. And so we've been able to step up and, uh, and serve them. And so now, I mean, we know what we're doing. And so we do it so easily because we're very streamlined. We've, we've I think, perfected what we, what we do.
0: When I asked her if people have utilized food pantries for the first time during the pandemic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, when they call to get scheduled in, you know, our receptionists, our uh, appointment schedulers, they're the first person that these people are talking to. We, I know, like I mentioned before, we serve um, everyone with dignity and respect. So we're very friendly. A lot of people, when they call, you can can hear, um, you know, they're a little timid. They're kind of scared. They don't know. Some of them share their stories with us. Um, a lot of our are embarrassed. We're just like, hey, it's all good. Like, we want to flip that for them. We want to make it an amazing experience. We've got, um, you know, we have a great um, space. when so They come in. Uh, we've got great staff. We're all friendly. We're super helpful. Because we've noticed that a lot of other organizations and agencies, they make it so hard for people to get resources. And it's like, it's their job. But they, you know, it's crazy. So we just wanted to flip that script. So we're very friendly, very open. And uh, yeah, a lot of people start out like, hi, you know, what do I do? I've never done this before. We just talk them through the process. We're just making them schedule their appointments. We tell them that they can come see us once a month at house, that they can also, you know, come see us at our pop up events on weekends. And, you know, we make it super, super fun.
0: I asked Cynthia how individuals are referred to the Just One Project.
1: These days, a lot of it is social media, so Facebook, um, Instagram, and then word of mouth networking is always the best. So when somebody, you know, hears about us, they tell their friends, you tell their friends or their family. We've got some corporate um, community partners uh, that sponsor different locations, so they will advertise to their clients whatever. You know, we're lucky to be on the news or. Um, we were chosen to be the charity of the year for the Miracle Mile shop. And so we've got some advertising going on. All the change that get thrown into their fountain um, this year, all that change will go to us. And so we'll put all those, you know, monies right back into our programming. 92% of all funds that we raise go into our program. So that's a huge chunk. I mean, we definitely are here for the right reason, doing the right thing.
0: We appreciate Cynthia with the Just One Project joining us today. If you'd like to get involved with the Just One Project, please visit their website at thejustoneproject.org or call 702 462 2253. Since 2008, the City Impact Center's mission is to impact communities by providing on site access to programs, education, housing, and wellness organizations that ensure citizens, young and old, can live productive, healthy, and whole lives. City Impact Urban Food Bank is a full-service food bank providing packaged foods, fresh produce, meat, and dairy products, as well as prepared meals. I had a conversation with Vic Caruso, executive director, to learn more about how COVID-19 has impacted this organization.
2: In fact, so we're in the heart of Las Vegas on Sahara, right off, right down the street from Las Vegas Strip, five blocks, and we have been there for 12 years. We've actually been on the campus for 30 years, I was a a high school once before and some other things that, on account of the first crisis, the financial crisis in 2009 and 10, we had a private Christian high school there that went under and the whole neighborhood kind of tanked and we had all these uh, buildings and, and all these square footage and so we decided uh, the church that actually owns it decided to go ahead and use the buildings to serve the underserved because this is the oldest part of the city right here. In La- it's just not too far from where you guys at V are. So we began to uh, use all – we had a large gymnasium and everything, so skip ahead. 12 years later, we have 14 different partners. What we do, we collaborate with other people in the city that are already doing things and let them come on our campus and most of the time, there's no rental charge or anything for them, providing that they give their services away. So we have a charter school from Clark County School District with 350 students. They were at risk at one time. Now we have 100% graduation. We also partnered with College of Southern Nevada for night school. We're averaging about 300 students a year, three times a year doing uh, uh, 10-week semesters of English in the second language and also uh, high school equivalency. And also, we have uh, Opportunity Village on the campus, and you're aware of what they do, helping severe, uh, challenged people be able to work in the community. And then we have Head Start on the campus as well. And we have a medical clinic. We have Food Bank. That's one of the busiest food banks in town right now. And then we have, uh, we're just putting in an adult daycare. We have an after-school program. We have, we just built, with the help of the city, uh, 68 units of low-income senior housing We have computer classes and different things like that. And so those are all the things that we're doing. They're all privately funded through hotels, MGM, Circus Circus, Caesar's Palace, and what have you, and businesses here in the city.
0: Vic and I talked about how COVID-19 has affected the operation.
2: It's affected us tremendously. Of course, we don't have the night school right now because College of Southern Nevada doesn't have the ability to have any people in classrooms. Our uh, charter school is online, like all of Clark County uh, charter schools are, and it's uh, hurting our kids very much because uh, we are the hungriest zip code in Las Vegas, 89104 is the largest food insecurity challenge zip code in Las Vegas. And so our kids would, like a lot of the kids in Clark County, but they took extra advantage of our, um, before school program, lunch, and then after school. And then we have the three square backpack program too. And so we're still doing that the best we can with three square and Clark County. Uh, and then also a number of the kids came to our after school program because, um, a lot of them live in that it's a rough neighborhood around their drug infested crime infested single parent homes and things. And we we're unable to, to pick them up every day and, and meet with them and help them and just give them the support that they need, uh, the custom meals and the activities and things like that. And so those are all closed. Our medical clinic is still open on a limited basis to the uninsured. And um our food bank, there was 140 food banks in Las Vegas in March when this whole thing hit, and now there's 10, and there's only two that have walk-in services. And we're one of them. We work real close to three-square. And so our uh, we've gone from serving 100 families a day to over 300 families a day. So we're doing everything uh, in a different way, uh, a lot locally, well, following all the, the regulations and the codes of social distancing and all that, you know, and the mask and all that stuff. But uh, it's it's affected our people tremendously. But we're doing well. We're getting through it. But it's really changed everything. Like it has for you and everybody else, I'm sure.
0: I asked Vic about any budget cuts to the organization.
2: If anything else, people have helped us. They've stepped up to the plate and and have helped us because of. They see what we're doing. And so we haven't had any budget. No, we've been real, real fortunate. We were able to get the first wave of the PPP funds. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're privately funded. So, no, we've been very fortunate.
0: Vic discussed some partners who help keep the nonprofit operational.
2: So we partner very close with this of Las Vegas, the Mayor's Initiative, we work with Metropolitan Police Department, and then local businesses, and then people of faith. And so that's the three-braided port that we kind of uh, banner that gives us the strength to do what we do. The top challenge right now is being able to um, keep people fed, of course, and we're doing okay on that. The other thing is that we're really, where we feel it the most is not being able to help the, the neighborhood kids with any after-school you know, mentoring programs and homework programs and, and you know, when we would take them to different places on weekends and do things. Uh, I think that would be the, uh, the area that is suffering the most because a lot of the kids are from single-family homes and they just don't have any extra activities because their parents are, you know, if they were struggling before, they're really struggling now. And so... That's one of our biggest challenges, and um, the other big challenge is, is transportation. Uh, so many of the people we were—we we were very fortunate. We had three bus bus stops within a, less than a quarter of a mile, so we're bus stop rich environment. But more and more people are losing their cars because of the you know the financials problem, you know, not being able to pay the bills. And the other thing is is uh, the home insecurity, shelter insecurity. So many of our people, and the other thing we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of people, I would use like my wife and I as an example, people that have worked all their life, had two jobs, two insurance plans and everything, and now they've lost their jobs, they've burned through their their compra, and they've burned through their savings, and for the first time you're finding yourself using services like ours, and, uh you know, it's difficult. So one of our biggest challenges is helping people be able to get back and forth with uh their groceries and and be able to come to campus.
0: We appreciate Vic and the City Impact Center joining us today. If you'd like to get involved with the City Impact Center, please visit their website at CICNV.org or call 702-888-4242. As we continue to learn how nonprofits have been impacted, we certainly wish them much success in the months and years ahead. Thank you for listening to COVID Conversations, an introspective of the impact on nonprofits. In our next episode, you'll hear from Southern Nevada Chips. It's sure to be another enlightening conversation. Until next time, and thank you again for listening.